0: Chris Phelps, your host for Indie Combat. This is a weekly show where I chat about the world of WWE, MMA, and better boxing. Each week, I'll review or preview each sport's relevant events, some classic matches, and a topic of the week. This is Indie Combat. Right, welcome everyone. This is Indie Combat. I am Chris Phelps. This week, I want to start with the UFC, actually. There's been a lot of action going on in the world of mixed martial arts, especially in the UFC. Last weekend we had an event, uh USC had UFC. We had last week we had the event UFC London, Darren Till against Jorge Masvidal, Darren Till is a from the north, he's a Scouser, good fighter. He lost against Tyron Woodley. I mentioned it in last week's episode in for the title when Woodley was the champ. Lost quite convincingly. First round he was great. Second round he got submitted and dropped. So You know, he's coming off the back of that loss straight into this fight against Jorge Masvidal. I mentioned last week Masvidal is actually from the stable of Kimbo Slice, the street fighter who sadly passed away, Kevin Ferguson, a few years ago. And there's a lot of videos of him on YouTube. So Masvidal was actually coming off the back of two defeats as well, back-to-back defeats. So this starts, there's a lot of respect between both of them. Darren Till comes out like an absolute beast. Now, Darren Till is a lot bigger and everybody he fights at 170 pounds, and he does look really, really ill because he dehydrates that much. I think he he walked around at about 200 pounds, and to get down to his weight, he really, really drains his body. This time he didn't look too bad, but I just think he needs to move up now to middleweight, which is 185 pound, because he's, he'd have to skip, uh, sl- he'd have to slim down for that anyway that weight group. So, yeah, they had a fight. First round, Till looked really good, looked like there was no ring rust, there was no adverse effects of Tyron Woody beating him. He dropped Masvidal onto his backside at one point, had him up against the cage a few times, and just before the end of the first round, Masvidal just started getting back into it slightly. A couple of combinations he caught Till, but nothing... You know nothing. Do you think? Oh, he's going to get him, and he's not a knockout artist any, by any means. He's just a—he a, has a lot of a lot of punch combinations, a lot of output on his punches. But there was no idea what was going to happen, especially with what came in the second round. So, the second round starts. Masvidal's backing up again, but he does start throwing one-two combinations, one-two threes, and he was catching till in his face. Nothing looked like it was going to hurt him, and then from nowhere, I've got to say, I've never seen a knockout like this for ages. Masvidal just drops. Charges him for the first time in the whole fight. Actually, he was put till on the back foot, and just throws an absolute haymaker of a left hook, and gets till right on the chin and just flatlined him completely. He didn't. He by the before he even hit the floor, he was out, and it was quite worrying for quite a while. To be fair, luckily Darren Till is okay, but obviously I think he's he's really going to struggle with this afterwards. And I just hope he's okay because a lot of the fighters who have had these devastating knockouts, a lot of them do not come back. There was a lad again from Liverpool called Terry Ettem. He got knocked out by uh, Barbosa a few years ago and it was a spinning wheel kick, proper like Jean-Claude Van Damme job. And he he got him right on the chin and his whole body went stiffening at the deck. And Terry, unfortunately, had a lot of personal demons after that. He was never the same fighter. And uh, so... I just thought Darren has a proper support group around him, and it was a real shame. He's only twenty-five. He's got plenty of years in front of him. And what was quite ironic was, obviously, it's a London crowd. They were all cheering for him. You never heard a crowd silence so much like that. It was absolutely, you know, it was eerie. But just before his fight, a man who got absolutely flatlined about seven or eight years ago, and I mean, totally taken out. Only time he'd ever really, really been knocked out was Michael Bisping. Michael Bispin's a great lad. He's from sort of Cumbria, Lancaster area. He spent a lot of time in Manchester, Sports United, big advocate for the UK fighting. And he got announced into the UFC Hall of Fame. So if there's one thing Till can take as a positive from this thing is that it happened to Bispin when Dan Henderson absolutely knocked him into next week a few years ago. So hopefully Till bounces back. But one of the controversies was, the, the co-main event was Leon Edwards, who is from the UK, now, he was fighting a guy called Gunner Gunny Nelson. Gunny's his nickname. Now, he trains with Conor McGregor and that. He's an absolute beast, Brazilian jiu-jitsu artist. And he's really, really good on the ground, really good. But what happened was, Edwards is not... He's from Birmingham. He's a real, real struggle. It's a real struggle for people to like him, unfortunately. It's a shame. I've got no problem with him. He's an English guy wanting to win, so no issue. But the fans are actually booing him, which is totally unheard of for a UK fighter against... Uh, Gunnar Nelson, who's from, I think he's from Norway or Sweden or something, and yeah, it was a strange fight. But Leon Edwards actually won, which was great. So he goes on. I think he's on a seven-fight win streak. And I think what what happened afterwards actually overshadowed and actually sort of helped Darren Till in some respects because Masvidal's in this sort of they call it the gorilla position after the, the. and the press area. And he's there talking to a reporter from the UFC and asking him questions. Now, Leon Edwards comes past and says something, and they've got a lot of beef, these two, uh, over the years. And he shouts something. So Masvidal actually just stops the interview, carries on, hands behind his back, walks up to Edwards. They go face-to-face, and then from nowhere, Masvidal again just throws three punches, absolute lightning punches. Uh, Leon Edwards doesn't go down or anything and everyone breaks it up because obviously it's an unsanctioned fist fight proper bare knuckle job cuts under Edwards' eye Edwards is fuming trying to get at him they couldn't get at him so this is created all of a sudden an absolute rivalry and it's also the best thing that could have happened to Masvidal because nobody really knew him if you weren't if you were casual it would be very difficult to understand who he is unless you'd watch him on YouTube so yeah so he's he's really raised his sock and Masvidal could actually now be in line for a title shot against Kamara Usman so We'll see how that one goes. In other news, Conor McGregor's come out and said he's he's negotiating for his next fight. So we'll see how Conor goes there, see who he's fighting. What's interesting is as well, though, a guy called TJ Dillashaw, who is the Bantamweight champion, he actually got beat a few months ago. He's the 135 champion. He got beat by the 125 champion, Henry Sahuda. He's now come out that they've found anomalies in his blood test and drug test. So by USADA, which is the United States Drug Association, and he's been suspended by one organisation for a year, £10,000 fine. but Yusada haven't done their test yet. So it has been a long rumour for years that TJ Dillashaw, and this is just a rumour, guys, allegedly, had been doping and they couldn't catch him. But now USADA is so intelligent, the microdosing that a lot of them do, they get away with. So he's relinquished his title, but a lot of people come out. Conor McGregor's come out, come out straight away. You know, you, you don't hold back. I call that snake way back. So it's not... A shock within the fighting community because I think all of them do it, and the way it's going, I think it's going to be difficult for people to sustain the fighting conditions. The careers are going to shorten because they're not taking something. Whether that's right or wrong, that's the fact of life. Once you start to come in and start cleaning up the sport, a lot of fighters physically changed, and the records actually changed as well because Michael Bisping was one of the one of the only fighters back then who didn't have any drugs in him and it was absolutely. Clean as anything, so yes, shame really because he's a good fighter, Dilly Shaw. But I think it was coming, so I'm there. So, retros section this week, I'm going to talk about the UFC again. Back in 2005, we had a show called The Ultimate Fighter. Now, I've watched the UFC since the 90s, it was a Passover as a wrestling fan. from. Ken Shamrock, who come into the WWF, and Dan Severin as well. They were two MMA legends, two heavyweight champions of the UFC. And I remember it being on, I think I mentioned it before on the show, on like a really obscure times at like one in the morning or something. You'd have to record it on Sky or, uh, not Sky, sorry, Channel 5 or ITV or wherever. It was on Channel 4. And I used to watch it. So... Back in 2005, the UFC decided that there was fighters on the roster. There was getting a lot of momentum. Chuck Liddell was the champ. T. Ortiz was the champ. Randy Couture, all people who were really raising the profile, especially Chuck Liddell. He had the Mohawk, He was an absolute maniac fighter. He was, you know, absolutely fought with a heart on his sleeve. And he was no going to the ground. It was just like a, a punch-up, really. It was really, really good to watch. And that's why now people say, really, it's it's gone so technical you don't get a lot of barnstorming fights, especially for the titles and that, because they've got too much to lose. But it's just become it evolved. The, the fighters have become better boxers and everything. So the UFC decided that they were going to run a reality show where two cl- weight classes were going to go in the tournament and they were going to fight for a UFC contract, a million-dollar contract. Now, we we had the welterweight No, we didn't. We had the middleweight, sorry, the middleweight section, which is 185. We also had the light heavyweight as well. So we had two of like the premium weight classes at the time. There was only like four weight classes, to be fair, then. And we basically what they did was they put them all together in a house. Absolutely, absolutely love it. It's great to watch. I actually re-watched it because when it came on the first time, it was actually... My wife's uncle started watching it randomly on Bravo, and he really got into the UFC then. And he'd said to me, like, there's this show on, and he knew I liked it. And I, and it sort of drove me back in, because I was always into the UFC. I always caught up with what was going on, but I wasn't absolutely, you know, every single day checking the news, like, hey, I'm now, I'm listening to podcasts and stuff. There's obviously a lot of podcasts then. But it was all centred around this. Dana White went full on Vince McMahon, Personality, no messing about. Yeah, he's the promo and he don't care if the fighters, they can beat him up or anything. He 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 was quite prominent in this show. So they all lived together. And what you got is you got like some absolute legends come out of the house. So you had people like Diego Sanchez who's still fighting and won last week against Mickey Gall. A couple of weeks ago Mickey Gall, he's still fighting. He had a guy called Chris Lieben, a left foot, a left foot, left handed Southport, absolute nutter, great power. And he'd fought people like Anderson silver He was he it was him and a guy called Josh koscheck Now, gosh uh, gosh even I can't say got Josh koscheck which is someone you don't like. Curly hair looked like one of the Marx brothers, the blonde Marx brother, absolutely horrible person, winding Lieberna up. And this went on through the house. So you got this full-on big brother style drama, and they give him alcohol, and people had to make weight, and they were fighting. So, what you'd have is you'd have three or four fights. Across show a uh, different weight classes to get to the final. And then at the final, we had like a, a proper UFC event. Now, honestly, it was an absolute great show in its infancy. Now, I think it's on, like something like season 28, and it, it's lost a lot of its momentum, it's lost a lot of its viewers. But for them, maybe first five years of the show or so, six years. I mean, I've never i never missed one for a long time. I haven't even watched the last couple of series. I've got them backed up to watch, and I will watch them, but. They find it very difficult because you've seen it all before. But this first series was something that the UFC is an absolute juggernaut now. And I talk about like the the, the wrestling stuff and I thought it'd be only fair to do with the, the UFC. The Ultimate Fighter actually elevated the UFC to what it is today. And it was the catalyst of the mainstream American TV picking up on MMA. MMA had always been this cage fighting, this nasty, brutal sport and From the house, from all the drama, all the fighting, the drunkard uh, fighting, the kicking off that you know, there was proper, some nasty stuff going on, the winding each other up, and all the mental sort of warfare between the fighters. And that the the final was between, and, and it's quite sad, really, it was between Diego Sanchez. And a guy called Kenny Florian. Now, Kenny Florian is one of the best commentators out there I Listen to his podcast. Diego Sanchez beats Kenny Florian. Now, Diego Sanchez and Kenny Florian were never middleweights. They were actually welterweights, but they, they basically didn't strip any weight down because they wanted to get into the UFC and they have been fighting for a few years. And Diego Sanchez beat Kenny Florian to, to win the middleweight title. But the one thing on this main card was Forrest Griffin against Stephen Bonner. And I implore anybody, please. I can't, I cannot suggest it enough. Go on YouTube or anywhere you watch stuff, Vimeo or whatever, the Daily Motion. Just put in Forrest Griffin v. Stephen Bonner or Ultimate Fighter season one final, and that'll come up. And that's had so many views that fight. And they, they were two nice guys, Forrest Griffin and Stephen Bonner. They, they, they didn't cause a lot of drama in the house. Stefan Bonner's called American Psycho after the Christian Bale character because he had like the side part and he looked slick. He looked like a businessman. He didn't look like a fighter. Forrest Griffin was just this normal, geeky guy, living with a load of savages who were kicking off. He didn't really make a lot of enemies in there. I think he had one argument there, but he, he just went about his business and he won. And Forrest Griffin was not a knockout artist. Stefan Bonner was a Golden Gloves champion, so he had a good boxing background. But that fight for three rounds was unbelievable. It's in a small auditorium in Las Vegas. And Chuck Liddell and Randy Couture were the coaches, two of the best fighters at the time. They actually fought in an event after it for the title. I think Chuck got his title back from Randy. And, yeah, this fight had everything. It had Both of them sort of buckling, looking like they were going down. And at the end, we had a trade for about a minute of just pure haymakers, something that, as a casual fan, will draw you in. And honestly, the the success of that show absolutely elevated the UFC to where it is today because Dana White, uh, Frank and Lorenzo Fatita, and a guy called called Craig Peligion, but the Fatita brothers and Dana White we're best friends. They bankrolled and bought the UFC in the late 90s. And this is where, seven years later, they had this idea about it going mainstream. And it did. And it was an unbelievable fight. So please watch it. I mean, you watch it now. Like I say, you, you probably wouldn't last that long because of the technicality of how far they've evolved in 14 years. But as a spectacle, as something that means so much to a lot of MMA fans. And anyone who is an MMA fan and maybe doesn't know about this and he's into the UFC, Bellator, Cage Rage... This actual series, ratings-wise, everything had everyone gripped. I mean, I, in the UK, fair enough, because MMA is sort of in its infancy, really. We know BT cover it a lot, and Sky have started with Bellator. But in America, it elevated it to... It was actually more popular than boxing for quite a while, and it still is as popular as boxing now. It doesn't, they don't make the money like the boxers do, don't get me wrong, in MMA. But when Connor and that get going, they can make a lot of money, and there's a lot of eyes on the sport, so... If you get chance, this is my retro section. I can't stress enough how important it is, guys. And please go and watch it. Stefan Bonner, that's B-O-N-N-A-R-V, Forrest Griffin. So, as in Peter Griffin, you know, family guy. So, yeah, great section, guys. As, well, as you can hear in my voice, I'm so passionate about. So, we mixing up a little bit this week. Let's talk a little bit about the boxing. All I've got this week was Mikey Garcia went up two weight classes to fight Errol Spence and got absolutely crushed. Mikey Garcia was totally undefeated, great boxer, but he went went completely up. He went up to sort of welterweight and Errol Spence schooled him. I think his punch output, Mikey Garcia, was like 10 punches per round. He really, really struggled. And there was a couple of times there where I think his corner were going to throw in the towel. So Errol Spence dominated him. And then at the end of it, Spence came in and. Uh, Spence, sorry, Spence did not come in. That's totally wrong, there, Chris. Manny Pacquiao came in the ring and said like he he wants to fight. Him. Spence offered him out. He was there at the ring, coincidentally. So, yeah, it's going to be a great fight if that happens, and I'm really interested to see where it goes. But if you can watch it, you'll just see Spence. Mikey Garcia thought by moving up two weights, he'd be the faster, quicker fighter. He simply wasn't. Spence was sensational. It's a really, really schooled. Garcia, so yeah, give it a shout, guys, if you can get to watch it. Right, so, as we're reversing and flipping the show on its head, the last section is the wrestling section. So, it has been a, a lot of noise, to be honest, and good old Paul Holmes there, Mr. Indie Rocks, had actually put me on on Facebook to an event in Liverpool where The Undertaker's going to be there signing pictures with a lot of the old wrestlers, like Bruce Wild, Beefcake, Jimmy Hart, to name but a few, but he, he, Paul had said to me, Chris, he's like £150 a picture with him. Now, I'd seen an interview with David Hasselhoff where he said, when he goes to the UK and does these comic cons with Night Rider, the leather jacket, everything, they can walk away with like £100,000 in the pocket and you're thinking rubbish, rubbish. But but I've been to them comic cons. I'm going to some of them this year again uh, through, the, through the Comics emotion podcast. we go always like pressing that. And you see the lines, the cues to these people, especially they always have one or two, absolute famous ones now i know the liverpool one from last week they had dean Kane and terry hatcher who played lois and clark very very important to me growing up absolutely loved terry hatcher massive crush on her superman's my favorite character so i understand that background that is obviously in the comics world tv world but this the other it's a lot of money a lot so i understand but yeah it's on in liverpool in april guys so if you do get a chance i'll put links up for that now WrestleMania, I keep saying it, it's coming up. It's the only real thing that's happening at the moment. The, the building, the storylines, I've watched a lot of him. I'm really getting a bit bored of it, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm interested in what's going on. Kurt Angle's announced that he's fighting his last fight at WrestleMania, and they were hoping he was going to get a couple of different people, but the WWE have settled on Baron Corbin, who he's had a long-standing running with. And Baron Corbin's useless. He's an absolute atrocious wrestler, so that's going to be his... His fighting from WrestleMania, we've had a couple of the legends are sort of announced around that weekend. They have a full weekend. I must admit, the weekend looks fantastic. I'd love to go and and actually see it. But other than that, there's not a lot, really. So, yeah, wrestling, that's why I left it to the end today, guys. Unfortunately, if you are waiting for any wrestling stuff, I've not seen a lot out there that is grabbing me or anything. It's just... me, as they say, may, yeah, whatever they say, that, that they're saying is it's just... Been pretty average and boring, really. Unfortunately, so yeah, sad really. But I'm sure there'll be stuff going on as we get closer to WrestleMania. We get into April because it is only a few weeks away. Regarding the AEW, I know that they've signed a couple of other players, Carl Anderson and that from the WWE, who was part of a tag team there. These both of them have come over. They're pretty much done, I think, in the WWE. The Undertaker as well. There was rumors he's not going to fight WrestleMania. Now, obviously, last year was a bit of a poor one where John Cena called him out and he come out the last second, had a quick match, beat Cena and he was on his way. Obviously, in some sort of injured state. Now, I did watch an interview with the Undertaker where he was talking to like a, I think it was like a Christian meeting. He's very religious, uh, which is quite ironic with him being the Undertaker. And he said like his body's in the best shape he's been in for years injury wise and stuff like this but he's not sure how long he can go on or when he's going to retire so we'll see how that happens but there's rumours that he will be appearing at a WWE live event so that might be a precursor to Wrestlemania so I'll just keep you posted on that guys and that is it this week I hope you've enjoyed the show just mixing it up as usual mixed it up again don't worry the wrestling will be on first next week sorry there's not a lot of news this week but you do get it sometimes I just felt passionate about the USC to throw it in there if you want to get a hold of myself contact me on Twitter at felt 78 different things this week it's Speed Racer from 2008 which is an absolute atrocious abomination of a film but give us a follow we're at Comics in Motion P on Twitter and if you want to contact us on that show it's Podcast at gmail.com so Thanks very much, guys. It's been another great week. Stay tuned, stay safe, and I'll see you soon. And when that bell rings at the end of this, it's time to say goodbye. See you now.